delicious. So <laughs> Julie and I, Jenny, Julie and I had this experience this week where we log on to the old Facebook <laughs> and uh, a friend of ours has tagged us in a post. I'm, I'm telling the story like Janine already doesn't know this. Janine was also tagged in this post. This is, a, this is all a ruse. We're just telling you, you, listener, you are hearing this story. I'm just pretending that I'm telling it. To, so, Janine, we're yeah. tagged in this post. Yeah. <laughs> and I go and I click on it, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what our, our mutual friend has to say. And it's a, a friend of ours who has a, has a business. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, today was a first. I've got a first-time client. And they come in, and I'm doing like a little interview. Where did you hear of me? Was it Yelp? Was it Facebook? Was it whatever? You have to act surprised, like you don't know the ending of the story. No problem. I'm totally into this. It's not like I ever am on Facebook. And (laughs) she, I think he said it was a she, looks kind of sheepish, and then goes, (laughs) "Um, "Podlander drug cast? What?" And I read this, and I was so so surprised that I looked up from my printing press and just passed out. <laughs> oh, see, see what it's I did? A, yeah, that's did really you see good. What I, did? I did see what you no, did. No, but there. really. So, like, usually we do a bid here, but just in lieu of that, whoever you are, Chicago resident who listens to the show, whoever went to massage therapist Dennis Freimeyer <laughs> and told him you were referred by Podlander Drugcast and Outlander Podcast. You fucking made our week. Yes, you did. It, that, I yeah. laughed so hard. Podlander Drugcast, bringing people together. Uh, bringing people together. Podlander Drugcast, getting that knot out. That one place. And you know what? It's great like, because right I got a massage blade. from Dennis yesterday, and he did do that to me. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's amazing. Now, was it so good that afterwards you looked up from your printing press and just passed the fuck out? It was not that good. Okay. Here's why. It was that good until I walked outside, and it was piss-pouring rain. So every th- good thing that Dennis did for me, part of it was taken back by having to commute back home in the rain. But it was still a righteous massage, and I've already scheduled my next one. That's great. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to tie a ribbon on this bit. Whatevs. Can we just, like, sit here for a second? Are you looking for a happy ending? Oh, God. Dennis doesn't do that. No, of course not. (laughs) Of course not. Uh, He's licensed. uh, He's also a really good real estate agent. Welcome to Podlander Drugcast and Outlander Podcast. (laughs) I'm Allison. I'm Julie. And that's Janine. Hi. Uh, And uh, we have gathered here today to to see each other again Mm -hmm. for the first time. (laughs) Were you hoping I would launch into Foreigner just then? Feels like the first time. Feels like the very first time. Yeah. In honor of what's today's episode called, Julie? Today is season three, episode five, Freedom and Whiskey. They gang together. Uh, You know what else gangs together? (laughs) Uh, Watching an episode where those two people see each other for the first time and it feels like the first time. Mm -hmm. And drinking our very first Podlander cast beer. That's true. It is Miller Lite. A fine Pilsner beer. It's been a while since we've said that. It's been a while. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Oh, my God. Uh, it should be known that we are not subjecting Janine to this. Janine is drinking an ice-cold Daisy Cutter Pale Ale from Half Acre Brewing Company. I don't know. I mean, these things are growing long, so I might, I might get a fine I'm just saying there's, there's four more fine tall boys in that fridge in there. Speaking of tall boys. <laughs> Faint. 
you'll, you'll see. You'll well, see. we're gonna if they don't replay it at the beginning of next week's episode, we're just gonna have to make you watch it because yeah. it's gonna be just the last not like next two week, minutes, two yeah. weeks, two weeks. We have to wait, but then it's an extended episode. I've thought about this, and I need you guys to like work on this with me in your brain holes. Do you think that the entire way this show has been scheduled and marketed has reflected a certain understanding of um, foreplay for the female uh, uh, viewer. Well, I, I would totally go with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, There's I lots just of delay. <laughs> There's lots of delay. It takes a while. They make you wait. Then it happens. It's very exciting. And then it goes back down and then slowly builds back up. That's the way it's felt like this entire time, which is really a long-winded way of me saying this was a build-up episode to the next episode. Yeah, but it was still, It like, was good. It had plenty of... But I mean, we know no what's boning. coming. We know who's coming. Yeah, soon. Mm-hmm. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. All of us. <laughs> Everybody. Uh, coming and people gagging together. <laughs> oh, it's a good um, scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to talk about this episode, but first I want to put out there um, that we are going to do an episode next week, and we have no idea what we're going to talk about. Our friend Jen Moniz, friend of the show, Jen Moniz, who gave Julie and I both tarot readings last night, mm-hmm. uh, we both got dick rocks. And dick rocks readings. were in both of our real. readings. That is not bullshit. In fact, mine, I'm cool. sure, well, we'll tell Jen to bring her deck. Yeah. Uh, well, frankly speaking, if you would like one tonight, I can do it, because I I do. I dabble in the tarot as well. I'm having a shit week, so let's do it. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I can anyway. also read yours again, and then you can see if how insane oh they are. Okay. One of my cards was literally like Stonehenge with a deer underneath it. Oh my fucking that god! That son of a bitch will not leave me alone. He won't. But he's why? so thirsty. Why was he so standoffish to I know. us? Well, now he's now that he's dead on the show. He just, I guess, now he just wants the publicity. Everything's drying up. He just has a lot more free time on his hands now. Yeah, yeah. It's just you know. He did totally appear though as Bambi, like it was a tiny baby <laughs> was, deer like, next I to a dick rock. Fucking credits, deer. Can yeah. I get a little death bunny? Come on. Can I get some prison burn? Mm. Can I get some biting monkey? Speaking of Twitter polls, uh, this is what I'm saying. Next week when we talk to Jen, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. Uh, So if you out there on Twitter want to make some suggestions, I will throw them in the old-fashioned Twitter poll, and we can figure out what we're going to talk about next week to help tide you over before A. Malcolm, which is the name of the next episode. A. Malcolm. Is that what they're going to call it? They're not just literally calling it the print shop? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, Okay. We always, I mean, we've already seen the print shop. That's true. Print shop, print shop, print shop, print shop, print shop, print shop. Okay, okay. Allison really wants to make Doom Hut uh, <laughs> our theme song. I really do. I actually, I have thought about this. Did I tell you this? Because I've actually been thinking, like, we should have a theme song that would be funny. Did we talk about this last night? We talked about it briefly, but it was not a like fully realized okay. conversation. So it's not. Here's another thing to tell us on Twitter. Uh, there is a part of me that is. T- that is tempted before, maybe after the bit, but before we get to the show, that we'll just play like 30 seconds of Julie and I going, doom hut, doom hut, doom hut, in lieu of an actual thing. <laughs> I am I, I'm the only one who thinks I know, I, No, I like the doom hut, but my idea was that we 
spend, we do like 15 seconds of a different song every time because we sing so many different songs on this show. Mm -hmm. And as long as we change the words to be Outland related, it would be protected by parody. And especially if it's only 15 seconds. Like literally, we've got a Cool in the Gang jam. (laughs) We've got like all of it. It feels like the first time. Fleetwood Mac cannon in there. We could get some foreigner foreigner (laughs) in there. I know that was loud. It's worth it. We have so many songs that we sing. Just for funsies. It could always be something different. I feel like we could make an album. We probably could. (laughs) Of 15 second clips. (laughs) (laughs) That always end with Uh, one of us dropping something, or all of us laughing, or one person going, cut! Like, that's how they all end. Or we accidentally spill our beer, we we hit the mic with the growler. No growler this week. No no growler. We're still squeakies. Yeah, I'll do a little. Get a squeaks. There we go. (laughs) You guys, I'm glad you guys are doing it this time and not me. (laughs) Mm. Mm. That was a simultaneous sip, guys. Oh, so, fine, Pilster beer. Is it time to talk about this episode? Yes, of course. Season three, episode five, Freedom and Whiskey. We start out with the title card. It is two very beautiful feminine hands painting a Christmas ornament that says, Brianna's first Christmas. 1948? Yes. Yes. Okay. So it's obviously Claire back in the States as a new mommy. Making a Christmas ornament for Brianna. So we know we're Christmas time. I don't know. Maybe it was that bitch's feminine hands. I don't know. You know what? What if it was? It wasn't. No, it was Claire. I just wanted to they call were, her that bitch. They were, very, they were very precise. It was with a very thin little paintbrush. So it's obviously somebody with a very steady hand. Somebody like who might be, I don't know, a surgeon. A surgeon. <laughs> So we know it wasn't Joe Abernathy's hands. No, no, we do know that. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Joe. I do too. Can I we can't talk wait about to Joe talk about for just a second? We're going to be able to talk about Joe a lot this episode, but that dude is great. Mm-hmm. He's I, good. I need to see more. I've already said. This is the most we've seen, him, seen of him in a single episode, and uh, I was very excited about it. Oh, and he calls her Lady Jane. That made me really happy. That's her nickname in the book. Nice. Um, he calls her Lady Jane or LJ. And in the book, oh God, see, I'm just going to say in the book over and over again this episode. Sorry, guys. Well, based um, on what you told me, it's very different. <clears throat> well, some of it is and some of it isn't. Some of it was straight from the book. And we'll get there. But uh, in the in the book, <laughs> my glasses, um, Claire figures out that something is wrong with concerning Frank when... Uh, Joe walks up to her and he says, Claire, oh my God, Claire, instead of calling her Lady Jane or LJ. And mm-hmm. that's how she knows something is really wrong because he uses her name. Oh, when he's about to tell her that he died. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So we flash directly from the beautiful hands painting gold filigree on an apple to the inside of somebody's gut. Oh. And it's Claire and Joe Abernathy operating on somebody's abdomen. It's very graphic. It's disgusting. I wrote down, it was almost hard to eat my prosciutto, but I still did. <laughs> but we managed. We still did. We managed. Uh, and it's Claire being a boss in the surgery room. Uh, she keeps wanting to push things to find more, more infected material or whatever. Necrosis. Thank you. And Joe is like, no, no, you got to sew them up. You got to sew them up. You don't have two seconds. But Claire's like, I'll do it. And so she takes a minute, gets it right. The, patient comes back it's all good so we can see that claire is mooey good at her job mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. mooey good and technical term big, yeah big bad boobies yes yeah. and then there is a moment where joe looks at her and nods like joe is impressed with claire's talent mm-hmm. uh, but i get the impression that he's also like well 
That was a hell of a risk, Lady Jane. Are you doing all right? He seems uh, a little concerned. A little bit like, are you okay? It's a little bit like those Randall okay? women are having a, a little problem. Well, then we flash directly to Brianna in a history class at Harvard while she's doodling some <laughs> gothic arches. Her professor is telling the story of Paul Revere, and then he, re- he tells everybody, except that whole thing was a lie because the real person that did it was somebody Perkins, right? What was his name? Uh, I don't know. Prescott. A guy with a, a, a less successful publicist. Yeah, which is a laugh line for everybody in the <laughs> class, <laughs> except for Brianna, who is not paying attention. Oh, shit. And then at the end of the class, the uh, professor, well, he did have a really good line that I really like that I think is uh, apropos for the whole show, which is fictional prose can alter the perception of history. Yes, that's very true. That is very true. So... He calls her up to the front of the class as everybody files out, and he's like, you're failing. (laughs) You're not just failing my class. You're failing maths. You're failing sciences. What the fuck is wrong with you? And she smiles it off. She really does really just smile in his face and be like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. With her big white teeth. (laughs) And then uh, Jen said... Professor, I don't think you understand this, but there's a lot to process here. <laughs> she just got back from Scotland where she found out that her father was alive in 1748. So, I mean, she's going to need a minute. Uh, I'm going to real quick say Mr. Douglas Wraith. Is that the name of the actor? the yeah. professor. Um, who did a, a perfectly fine job. It's not, there wasn't a lot to do. It was one mm-hmm. scene. Uh, his American accent was great. You know how I know? Because mm-hmm. I forgot to think about his accent and then realized that the place I know him from, I kept thinking it was Gilmore Girls. Uh, I knew yes. him from Gilmore Girls. No, Downton Abbey. <gasps> Who did he, he play in Downton Abbey? He tried really hard to get uh, Penelope Wilton's character to marry him. He's a... Uh, oh, Clara, Lord, the wife? Uh, no. He's a lord. And he, no, not the wife. Um, mom, the mom. Um, mom, mom. Matthew's mom. Oh. Yeah. Um, Matthew's mom. Yeah. yeah. Going on. <laughs> Man, I wish you could see a picture of her. That would make you... Uh, anyway, he was really good on that, and I completely thought, oh, well, no, I know him from some American show, and it is not true. No, so there he you go. Brit. That There we go. That's Proof. a good American accent. Proof that it can be done. And you know what? Sophie was much better this time. Her accent was much better, and she had some scenes that were good. She had yes. some other scenes that were okay, and she had maybe one where I was like, oh, Ugh. But you know what? It's That's a better ratio than we have Much had. better. Yeah. yeah, it's improving. And it's also because it's a very... Brianna-heavy episode, but we'll get there. Brianna. Brianna. So uh, then all of a sudden we flash to the Doom House. <laughs> doom House, Doom House, Doom House, Doom House. <laughs> I'm going to make this happen. It's very obviously Christmas time because there's Christmas lights everywhere, and I'm like, not even a tannin bomb with icicles can light this place up. <laughs> they are obviously mad at each other. Um, it's all very dark and forbidding. It's a sad house. It's mm. Doom House. And then Brianna wanders through this enormous house that she and her mother live in together with the ghost of Frank. And she goes through and like pulls out his old pipes and smells them. She's very obviously having a, a hard time processing his death, and she's trying to remind herself of him. And then... She looks at some photos. Right. No photo of which is of his mistress who appeared in the previously on, and I went, what? Why is she here? Her? Her? <laughs> Love that joke. I think George Michael is hiding Anne in the attic. Uh, her? So who, the Nazis? Sorry, it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite <laughs> quotes from Rest of Development. It's so good. Oh. 
So then we flash back to Claire and Joe in their shared office. I love it. Adorable. I know. It's so cute. And Joe is, it's clear that he knows that something is wrong. And so he's kind of poking her about it. And I don't know how they get to it, but she's, he says, was there another man? It was very clear that you and Frank weren't exactly Ozzy and Heritage. She's why, like, don't, why don't you tell me what happened? Why won't you tell me what happened? And she's Scotland? like, it's someone from my past. Which, you know what? That is the truth. Yeah. Like, far past. Like, like the past past. The past past. <laughs> like, why don't you just, why don't you tell me about your man? It's about time, Lady Jane. And he's really excited about it. She starts to explain it. And then she says, but fate was not on our side. And he responds with, fuck fate, <laughs> which made us all cheer. Yeah, all three of us cheered, and we're like, oh, Joe Abernathy. You know, we don't get the, we don't get much fuck. Uh, well, right now we don't get much we don't, fuck. We don't get much, like, literal But we don't get F-words. much use of the word on this show. Happens occasionally. But the only one I can actually think of right now is when she calls him a fucking, fucking sadist. Sadist goes, was a bastard. Oh, sadist. No, it's sadist. You're right. What is a sadist? <laughs> she explained. And what is... Fucking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's a throwback to season one, yeah? I know. All right, so... Uh, we have the adorable scene with Joe and Claire in their shared office. And then all of a sudden, we're outside the Doom House. A checkered taxi pulls up to the strains of Show Me by Joe Tex, which we looked up because that song is baller. And guess who gets out of the taxi cab? Janine. Roger. We Roger. <gasps> Fucking yep. Roger. Yeah. So he showed up and then he goes up the stoop. It's really funny. He, he does actually, have a funny he kind of monologues to the taxi driver. He's like, this is either the most brilliant thing or the stupidest thing I've ever done. I'm like, this is either the most brilliant thing or the stupidest thing I've ever done in my day. And, and the cab driver just goes, yeah, yeah man, 250. 250. <laughs> I'm going to do a moment. And he's all nervous, and he's all looking super adorable. And then he goes up he the stoop. He marches up the stoop, and, and what like, does he composes hear? Composes himself. What does he hear? Two women screaming at each other, and that is Claire and Brianna. Oh. They are fighting. And you can see on his cute little Scottish face, he's like, oh... Not uh, again. That stupid, uh, this thing. Should I... I'm gonna... Uh, um, yeah. I'll just ring the bell. And then, and then, he then like they rings don't hear, it. and then I go, oh, God. Uh, and then the door opens. It's Brianna, but she's like, what? Holy crap. <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. What? Holy crap. Yeah. It might have been a little bit too much. but. <laughs> um, and then it comes out that Claire and Brianna were fighting because Brianna has decided to drop out of Harvard oh. and move out of the Doom House. So I just want you guys to know. I'm very excited about this because even though it's the wrong Ivy League, it gives me a chance to say one of my favorite quotes from a television show of all time. Why did you drop out of Yale? Um, which is a, it's one of my favorite lines from Gilmore Girls. It's just a really good line reading. <laughs> she did drop out of Yale. She, she did drop out of Yale. I mean, spoilers, it's a television show that's been off the air for a really long time now. Um, Was it because of a dude? Sort of. And you know what? Fuck that. All right, let's move on. It was a complicated show. She had things to do. She was, it was, she was having a hard time. She was yeah. having a, like a 20s crisis. Much like Brianna? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I actually have a note here that during this scene where Roger is very uncomfortably standing in their foyer and they are still kind of simmering fighting but are bringing it down because they have company, I wrote, that's better, Sophie. Yeah. 
Yeah, she did really well in this scene. Yeah, she was upset. And there, there was that thing where you can tell that people are trying really hard to compose themselves and be chill. Uh, but they just cannot get it together. So Claire is trying to be her old, like, slightly repressed British thing that she's really <laughs> bad at because Claire doesn't repress shit. But for whatever, she's trying to go there. She's trying to, hmm, well, welcome. We were just having a dispirited discussion or whatever the fuck she says. Exactly. And mm. he's like, oh, I should have called. I should have called ahead. I'm a turtle man. And then Brianna is all like, I'm leaving. And she leaves. Let's hang out tomorrow. Yeah, and then boom, she's out. <laughs> With a box of stuff, like one box. Where's she going? It's like a tennis racket and two sweatshirts. Also, where the fuck is she actually going? Uh, I'm assuming she's going to like crash at a friend's, friend's place. Whatever. The yeah. 20s. So, Why did you drop out of Yale? <laughs> so... We're left with Roger and Claire hanging out, and the first thing that Roger does, because he is a good, good man, is he goes and pours some whiskey. Yeah. And he goes into their living room in the beautiful corner bar, which... Oh, I need to know. Jesus, there was, a, there was some great mid-century porn this week. Yes, like this, beautiful glasses, beautiful furniture, beautiful chairs. It was like really narrow, both width-wise and depth-wise, so it would fit exactly in a corner, but it had a big fold-down table, and then it was lit from within, and uh, anyway, it was fucking beautiful. I and saw like, one of those Friday evening. Where? Uh, at this gallery show I went to. Ooh. They had this amazing, and the guy's trying to get rid of it. Let me make some connections. <laughs> Really? That I, I don't have anywhere to put it in my house, but I... Oh, sure you do. You can put it there. It. You can put it there. You can oh, put it there. BT, you, you guys, there. we're at my house today. I don't know if we mentioned that. At so, some point, you might hear Sophie. It'll sound like this. You will definitely hear Neil show back up, and you might hear Kevin show up, too. We'll yeah, see. The dude Lanzers have been keeping up. Uh-huh. So, again, for those new to the fun and games, and I, we've got some recent listeners, um, new listeners, uh, we do an episode, it's usually a two-parter every year, where we have Julie's husband, Neil, and our friend slash fame whore, Kevin, come on the show to talk about Outlander. Neil is typically disposed to kind of like it. Kevin usually doesn't, but... <laughs> he goes through it. But he has good taste <laughs> in actors, and, and it's a fun conversation to two people who are definitely not the target demographic, which doesn't mean there aren't dudes who watch Outlander. We have mm-hmm. male listeners. Hi, guys. Hey, I hope what? you really like all of the talk about sticking fingers up butts. Um... <laughs> And all the dress talk. It's a woman's secret. Yeah, that is the woman's secret. <laughs> Hashtag woman's secret. Uh, anyways, uh, Dude Lander. So the Dude Lander guys are watching two episodes today so that they can keep abreast mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll be watching while we're recording. So you might hear that happen. And I hope that you do because it'll be hilarious. So... So they got the whiskey out, which is a pivotal moment. Right. Like. Well, he's always... <laughs> Roger is always leaving the room. To go get whiskey for somebody. Low-level alcoholic? I don't know. Scottish. Or else just trying to smooth the rough edges off of everyone's life. You know what, like you know what they really always say? Like a warm and comfortable turtleneck. You know what they always say? <laughs> having an awkward... Having an awkward fight and your whis- Having an awkward fight with your daughter and whiskey? Gone together. <laughs> Gone together. So we go into the living room. We're drinking some whiskey. There's, this is a great scene. This was maybe my favorite scene, although I liked... There are a lot of... I mean, there were a lot of really great scenes. I, I love the ending, of yeah. course, and I love the um, mommy-daughter scene underneath the arches at Harvard. Yep. Um, there are, I think that there are some... There are a couple of great Claire really Joe like scenes. But, but Roger is talking... I keep wanting to call him Richard because the actor's name is Richard I do Rankin. that every time. But we, Roger, mm-hmm. can I have a biscuit? 
it is now can I have some whiskey? <laughs> also, can I have a relationship with your daughter? Um, so uh, Roger is talking about how it's his first Christmas without the reverend, without the man who raised him, who he considers his father. Um, and Reverend Wakefield is a reminder. Yeah. Uh, and that it, they would go every Christmas and give out toys at the children's home and sing carols and probably drink a lot because, again, Scotland... It's very clear he's um, got a thing. He's got a, he's got a fondness yes. for drink. The tipple. Uh, and he didn't want to be there, so he wanted to come make new traditions for himself and have an American Christmas. He had two specific desires in Boston, and that was a lobster roll and a Boston cream pie. That becomes important later. Yeah. He's got his priorities straight. Yeah. Yeah. So, but he says, you know, I wanted to come and have a new tradition. I'm sorry I surprised you, but guess what? Here's Jamie. (laughs) So... Uh, this is where this is a place where the book and the show deviate pretty dramatically, and it makes sense that obviously they wanted to get Claire and Jamie reunited and it feels so good uh, pretty fast. So they went through a lot of stuff pretty quickly, um, and it makes sense that they made this choice because it upped the tension. Uh, but in the book. Claire never decides to stop looking. Once they start looking, they hit a couple of dead ends. She gets really frustrated. But there's the equivalent of the scene that they have here um, would be there's a really beautiful scene in the book where they're in a boat on Loch Ness and um, Brianna is sleeping in the boat and they have a conversation about like tall men and if she's going to go back and things is like that. Is it because really Brianna beautiful. doesn't really do very well on a boat? Oh, no. Brianna's got a... Strong stomach. She's oh. she's not a weak semen. Well, right. she is a strong semen. <laughs> <laughs> well, she did make it through those dick rocks. I'm just saying, she's pretty tight. So <laughs> she didn't go through the dick rocks. Well, she, her as a fetus, she did. Oh yeah. So she's she's strong. She's strong. God, I wonder if Claire had gone through the dick rocks and her kid soon-to-be kid, her fetus, had not had time travel ability, I wonder <gasps> if they oh, both would have died. Or maybe worse. Claire would have made it and then had a stillborn. <sighs> that would be horrible. But that didn't happen. That didn't happen. I'm really glad that's not a thing. Anyway, yeah. Patty. So anyway, Patty. You know what? Actually, I realized I got that idea from, have you ever read The Time Traveler's Wife? No, but I know I should. Everybody tells me to read it's it It's a good read, but there's this horrific scene. Never mind. See, now if you're going to read it, I can't tell you. There's I a very that. upsetting scene involving time traveling and babies. I saw the movie twice. How was the movie? I didn't see it. Uh, I saw it twice. Okay. So, <laughs> so nice you saw it twice. Noted. One, one, Noted. One was, the second one was a date, but uh, that's I'm, the moment you're talking about is hard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Anyway, so um, he he actually is like, I couldn't give it up. I'm like a dog with a bone. Yes. So this is what I was saying. So um, in, in the book, they just keep looking, and Claire goes back to Boston to put her affairs in order, basically. And it, Claire and Roger seem to know sort of the whole time that if they find him, if they can trace him for 20 years, there's a chance she could go back, and it takes Brianna longer to figure out that those are the stakes. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, they hit a dead end, and Claire kind of gives up. So instead of frustration and anticipation and those being the key elements, um, it's Claire being protective of both herself and her kid, mm-hmm. which I think is a really, really cool choice. So when... 
Roger shows up and says, well, I'm like a dog with a bone. Mm-hmm. And he had, I'm like a dog with a bone. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't. And he says that he kept looking because he's a historian and that's what he does. Uh, God, Katrina Buffumafumaf is very good in this scene. Yeah, she... You see, like, but the- joy, horror, confusion, anger, like... The way right that face. he found it was that there was a pamphlet or book printed magazine some kind that of that had some kind, a zine it was a zine it was totally a zine. <laughs> a zine and it had the robert burns quote in it that claire had told jamie freedom and whiskey gang nothing, together freedom and whiskey gang together and she's like well it would have been robert burns and he's like robert burns was 6 years old when this came out so it's almost like a that's little... That's the first oh shit everybody drank. No, that's the second. <laughs> oh, it's the second one? Yeah, the other one was a little... That one was actually a good reaction, though. The other one was a little bit uh, contrived in my part. All right. But cheers. 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 <laughs> cheers. So thanks for the new drinking game, everyone who suggested it. <laughs> so Claire has to realize, oh, Jamie, this is Jamie. And then he turns it over, and it's the printing press of Alexander Malcolm. Mm-hmm. And she's like... What? And then she gets very upset and is like, why would you do this to me? I had already put this behind me, which is why I closed the door on the past. Uh, and then I got my hopes up. Why would you do this to me again? What about Brianna? Yeah, and he's she, she, basically she's, is like, but you could go back. You could go to him. She's like, and Lima, you just saw my daughter is a hot fucking mess. She is having a She is dropping out of college. And you should see the sartorial choices she's making. That's not true. She actually, Brianna, she brings it. Looks great. She looks really great. So there's She's a moment. This terrible wig. Have you seen this wig? <laughs> anyway. Is that a wig? Shh, it's a wig. Shh, it's a wig. Uh, I, you know, if it's not a wig, I would bet money she has extensions. Oh yeah, there's no. It's very long. It's very long and very straight and very beautiful. Which is not to say that Sophie Skelton doesn't have long, beautiful hair. She does, but. Uh, it's very long and very straight and very thick. Mm-hmm. And very beautiful. You know who didn't have thick hair? Her dad. That's, That's interesting. True. But you know who do ha- does have thick hair? Her mom, because Joe Abernathy so poetically puts it later, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but you know why Brianna has thick hair? Why? It's because she's such a strong seaman. Oh, no. <laughs> God damn it. There's a moment in this scene where Claire goes to stand by a light bulb. And it hits her face, and I'm like, moisture goals. Yeah, she's Jesus. got really great skin. Fucking oh. Katrina Balfe, hey, you better thank of God every happy day of your life. Happy birthday to Katrina Balfe. That's right. She mom. just turned forty. She just turned forty. Happy birthday. Cheers. And like, great. man, she looks looking good. good. Looking really good. Um, and then we realized if it's Christmas time, and they left Scotland in the summertime, Roger has basically been researching this this whole time. So that's like what seven months oh. of nonstop research to find this for Claire to be like, nah. Get out, you know, kind of. Let me upsetting. really quick point out the best moment in this very good scene in which mm-hmm. they're both very good. She's so upset and like almost ranting a little bit, like obviously has sort of lost control of herself and is lashing out at him a little bit. And Richard Funkin Rankin, he's so good. He looks at her and he just, and it's so quiet and quick and monotone, incredibly underplayed and says, how can I help? What can I do? Mm-hmm. And then she says, don't tell Brianna. She has enough going on. Don't tell her. And he says, okay. And then they um, have more whiskey. 
And then he kind of just retires to bed. Yeah. Because I've it's obviously kind of lag. upsetting. Yeah. Then we cut to Joe and Claire's shared office with a big empty table, and it's Joe laying out a full skeleton. And I don't know if this comes back later. Allison was surprised to see it, even though it's in the book. She was surprised. Oh, not surprised. Well, I guess a little surprised. Surprised and happy. Please, really pleased. This is a thing that I thought for sure was going to get cut, um, and I'm glad it didn't. It's a cool, weird little scene. Essentially, a friend of Joe's who is an anthropologist sent him this the skeletal remains of somebody who died under nefarious circumstances about 150 mm, years before. Who died. And they're trying to oh, figure out right. how. They're right. looking for cause of death for this skeleton that they found on an archaeological dig. And Claire walks in, looks at it, alas, poor Yorick's it, and is like, mm, she was murdered, and sets the head down. Why do you have the bones of someone who was murdered 150 years ago? And Joe's like, whoop, you I didn't tell you by when. 50 years you were only off by 50 years. That was very and close. how did you know she was murdered? So Claire's got a little kind of... She can... I know it felt like it. She can feel it. She's, she's a regular bouton. Yeah. <laughs> so we do find out that this person had been murdered because Joe finds the neck... Yeah. The neck bones neck have been like bone sheared off. So you can see that someone tried... To, basically, you can see that someone tried to cut this person's head off with a blunt axe. <sighs> Yeah, and gross. they found the bones in a cave in the Caribbean. In the Caribbean. Or, yeah. yeah. And then they were trying to tell Joe that it might have been a slave. And Joe's like, nope, this person was white. And it's about the index. It's, it's, cool a, it's index. a tibia. Length it's called of like a cool, cruel, crow. We couldn't figure it out. Know. And then we tried to look it up online and realized that if we kept trying to search for this, that we were going to get yeah, some Nazi ass really shit on our I really did not want to start Googling biological differences between Caucasians and people of color. But he, nope. Joe was like, no, nope, this was a white person. This was a white woman. So I assume this comes back. Whose bones do you think they were? If it comes back. I don't know. 150 years in the Caribbean. It's got to be somebody at later in the story that, um, because we go to the colonies, right? It's a whole thing. I don't know. I, I'm not going to keep trying to predict things because most times when I try to predict things, they get spoiled for me. So I should just quit. Yeah. Twitter's not kind about no, that. No, actually today, Allison was like, you don't get to look at Twitter today. So I'm not going to. I, uh, I say that because while it filled my heart with joy... Uh, I can't honestly say that I predicted that we would get the final scene that we got. Oh, yeah. Because I saw a gif of it. But ah, I didn't okay. know if that was... So that was spoiled for me. But I didn't know if that was maybe from next week. So it was yep. still just a guess. But All right. Uh, then they finish this scene uh, over the skeleton. And Joe can obviously tell that there is something really bothering And he basically Claire. goes... What's tell up? me about this dick. Yeah, t- <laughs> tell me about your man. And she's like, oh, well, all right. It's Brianna's father. And, and, he's like, and he basically like, goes, doi! <laughs> like, he's like, okay, doi. And, and then a nurse pops her head and goes, where did she get the red hair? <laughs> <laughs> then we flash back to the doom house. And poor Roger's on hmm. the... I don't want to give this scene short shift though, because oh, this yeah. one I think the best written scenes. It's not. It's not as good as that first Claire and Roger scene, but he says, "I watched you live a half life for fifteen years. Right. If you have another shot at love, you should take it." It's one of like, you know, huh? T- 
I think Tony Graffa or Tony Graffia, whatever her name is, the executive producer, the woman who's always mm-hmm. in that thing. I think she wrote this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna look. Uh, yeah, look that shit up, Janine. Um, and I'm just realizing that Claire gets like the ghost of Christmas past, present, and yet to come, sort of, because first. Joe tells her that she should go and find love if she possibly can. Right. Then Bitchface tells her that she wasted 20 years of her life with Frank when she would give anything for one more day with Frank. We're coming up on that. And then fucking to the moon. Right? <gasps> You're right. So it's oh my like God, it's a Christmas carol. The past, the present, and the future. Because then it ends with her, him giving her the Christmas. Oh my yeah. God. It really is. Allison, Tony or Tonia? Uh, Tony, T-O-N-I. Way to go, Tony. Yeah. Really smart. Because it was pretty subtle, too, because I never would have yeah. made that connection. And I mean, but it really she is. also talks to Brianna and stuff, but I think, I really think it's like, Joe is talking, and that's the scene with the skeletons, right? Mm-hmm. Joe talks to her about the past, and then this woman talks to her about, like, right now, this is what I would want right now, and then she sees the future happening. We see Apollo 8 in this episode. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Wow, yeah. Allison, it's almost like you have some sort of skill in criticism <laughs> and knowledge of stories. It's like you're a professional. It's like reviewer. maybe you <laughs> make some money Just to write about these things. Keep talking about it's very No, I, 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 I literally never would have put that together. Uh, really well, I mean, wow. you might have. If I'd, I'd watched it, it again, I put maybe. it together basically accidentally. It's just because we're talking about it out loud, right? Um, but. Uh, I, I will say, remember that one time that I guessed that Murtai was showing up in the next episode? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, in the, remember that? Remember that? I do remember that. You know, okay. Yeah. Nailed it. So we flash back to Doomhouse and there's poor Roger on the couch watching Dark Shadows. <laughs> he laughed really hard. Which was very funny. And Brie comes in and tries to be snobby about it. Like, what would all your friends at Cambridge think? Dark Shadows. <laughs> She goes and gets a soda from the fridge, comes over. And Extra. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. I don't know where they got that bottle, too. That bottle was great. Cool bottle. Um, and I'm then sat down next French to French fry. I'm sorry, guys. It's going to be loud, but I'm fucking I've been it. eating pita into my, into my mic the entire time. <laughs> this feta dip is so good. You're welcome. <laughs> Julie knows what's up. So she brings the soda over to the couch. They laugh about dark shadows. And then she says, you know, I could take you to Harvard Yad today because they're <laughs> putting together a fellowship for Frank, for my dad. And there's a ceremony today. And if you want to go, we can go early and I can walk you around and you could take a look. And he's like, sweet. And then she's like, leave dark shadows on. Let's watch. And then that's a cute little scene and it's over. And they sit on the couch and don't make out. <sighs> Darn it. I've got, I know. I, th- I have ideas. It's I just have- that they don't want to, Ruin. I have what's six syllables happen. for you. Yeah. Girl, what is your problem? <laughs> <laughs> like, you got that in your house? That. And travels not home. across an ocean to, to hang out. Maybe basically. Maybe. She does because she doesn't know that he found Jamie. All she th- all she knows is that a hot Scottish dude that she macked on a little over the summer just showed up on her doorstep. Mm-hmm. Summer loving. <laughs> yeah, so just like fast. that. <laughs> so we flash to uh, Brianna and Roger, yes, first walking around Harvard and in she's the cloisters. In the cloisters, and she's describing how they were built, and they're basically these Gothic arches that just rely on each other to keep each other together. And she's got all this interest in kind of the um, physics and science of it. And what does he say? He's like, that doesn't, doesn't sound, sound like the daughter of a history professor. And she's like, well, I'm not, am I? 
just like that. This is this is one of the scenes where I do it's not know not, that Miss Skelton is firing in all cylinders. But Richard Rankin sure fucking is. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he's working really overtime. It's still, he works hard for the money. Yeah, he does. Um, because uh, it's still a pretty good scene, mm-hmm. but like, it's it's not her best. Basically, Brianna says, "I have no idea who I am," right. and history. And he says, "Well, everyone needs a history." She's like, well, and he history. talks about how Reverend Wakefield had told him stories about his father, even though he'd never really known his father, and how he was happy to like personalize that. Yeah, and knowing then, who my father was helped me know myself. And she says, "But what if it wasn't true? What, what if, if he just were, made it to made it up to make you feel, feel better? better?" And he's like, "Is that a difference?" Yeah, does like, that matter? You're like, right. Hmm. That's really that's really that's a good. very mature answer. Roger. Whiskey, yeah. whiskey wisdom. Whiskey wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. Wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. 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 And I need to note the outfit that Brianna is oh, rocking in this moment. Right. Tiny stack heels. These like wide whale. They're not fishnets, but they're like they're patterned tights with like an X situation. But they're really wide whales, so yeah. it's very like And then um, a cape, capelet, I guess. No, it's lo- it's long enough to be a cape, but like cape t- sort of poncho situation, mm-hmm. armholes, armholes. Um, <laughs> that's uh, plaid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite a tartan, but it's a green plaid that really sets over hair. And then she's wearing this blouse underneath that Mom's gonna borrow later mm-hmm. with um, these Spoiler. like uh, fluffy collar. Yeah, Janine's looking at the photo. That's what I'm doing. It's most great, of the time. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. It is yeah. really, really great. So they go to the memorial, essentially memorial and dedication of a fellowship for Frank. And Claire, in European studies. <laughs> uh, and Claire is there in like peak morning gear. It's not quite as good as mom from last week's morning gear. No. But it is some really, it's like some Jackie, Jackie Kennedy. O. Yeah, it's yeah, some totally. Jackie O actually. Like pillbox hat mm-hmm. and a, like a really rich like tweet. It's very... Chanel and like gorgeous. She looks amazing. And she's there looking at this picture of Frank and obviously has conflicted emotions, um, but is mostly sad. And Brianna is sad and Roger is sad, even though he never met this guy. And they're giving away this fellowship. And she stops to talk to the dean. It's a new dean. It's not that shitty dean. It's mm-hmm. not that sexist dean. I'm um, sure it. that guy died of a heart attack at Denny's, right? Yeah. <laughs> Or while he was underneath a prostitute. Yeah. (laughs) Something like that. Um, And uh, she's just having a nice chat. And then this woman walks by and he says, oh, Professor, um, I'm going to need your grant application. Because I know her name was Sandy. Bitch face. That's not nice. But she does have kind of a bitch face. She's only, she's only listed as Sandy, not as Professor yeah. Sandy. Bitch yeah. face. They, they say her last name, but it's so not important. So she walks by and they call her back <laughs> and the two women see each other and they do kind of a double take. And, this and I was like, ooh, is there a dynasty slap? Of course there's no dynasty this, slap, but I really wanted this one. This bitch has some nerve. Ugh, I, like, I, I get whatever. It's, it's Situation looks different from everywhere and Claire is certainly not blameless she was in a essentially a loveless marriage but they decided to be in this loveless marriage together they both gave each other permission to leave and then they gave each other permission to do what they like and if frank was really clear about what the situation was with this woman then she has no right being fucking pissed at claire anyway she basically is like you're selfish you kept him to yourself even though you didn't love him i loved him he was the greatest love of my life and we were together for 15 years or whatever and i would give anything for just one 
one more day and then flounces off. Yeah, basically says, you know, he only stayed with you for Brianna, but even then, I saw the way he looked at you. And he still loved you, and you didn't love him. Uh, It was horrible. And And, then she leaves. And I mean, that actress does a perfectly fine job. And if this is Christmas Carol structure, then I understand why it's in there. Mm -hmm. But there is something about it. I didn't. I just didn't dig that scene. No, I thought it was. I thought it was superfluous. I. It really didn't change much. I also just sort of don't buy that Claire wouldn't say, "You don't get to talk to me. I'm going over here now," Mm -hmm. or like. Nice to see you. And just walk away. Or be like, oh no, we've met. And then turn around and walk away without talking to her. Yeah. Right? So it felt a little extra in many ways. But now I, if I'm right about this structural thing, which it feels like that's probably the goal, Mm -hmm. um, then it makes a little bit more sense. Um, It's like the story about the, and this, uh, I only know the story from the West Wing, so I don't know if this story exists elsewhere in pop culture, if Sorkin like cribbed it from somewhere or if he made it up for this episode. But um, it's just like things come in threes. It's he, this priest tells President Bartlett in this one episode of the West Wing that a guy falls in a hole and first um, somebody comes by in like a boat. I don't, I guess it couldn't be a boat. He's in a storm. I don't know. Somebody comes by and is like, Hey, I'll help you. Come on. And he says, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm going to pray to my God and he's going to help me. And then someone else comes by and is like, let me help you get out of there. And he's like, no, I'm going to pray to my God and he's going to help me. And then someone else comes by and is like, just come on, let's get you, let's get you out of here. And he's like, no, I'm going to pray to my God. My God's going to help me. And God's like, I sent you those three motherfuckers. And he's like, why didn't you help me? And he's like, I sent you three fucking people. I sent you a boat. I sent you a ladder. What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, it's a little bit like that. It's like three touches. She needs to sort of hear it from three different perspectives. Somebody who's like, saying what she has lost, somebody describing what Frank has lost and equating it to what Jamie must be going through in some way without realizing mm-hmm. that's what they're doing, and then the, the trip to the moon. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, after this, Claire and Brianna have a little heart-to-heart because Bree sees this interaction. And it's like, I recognize that woman. When I was a kid and out with Dad one day, we ran into her in a bookstore and... Uh, I could tell they knew each other, but it felt strange. And then she's like, no more secrets, no more lies, mom. And Claire's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your dad was fucking her for a long time. And Brianna's not surprised. Your father loved loved her. her. He does say that, which is more than that bitch deserves. deserves. So, well, I mean, after that behavior. Yeah, that was shitty, shitty behavior. I mean, it's Claire is being the bigger person there. And it's being honest because Mm -hmm. Frank did say that he loved her and he wanted to spend the, remember the, I think the line is, I want to spend the rest of my life with a wife who actually loves me. Yeah. Um, something like that. When he's saying he's going to take Brianna to England. Janine, bring a couple of Miller lights. I got you. Cool. So thanks bro. Uh, then we, we're having the scene with Brianna and Claire in the cloister again. It's beautiful. And Sophie does a great job in this scene. But yeah. the, the, the through line of this scene is, no more secrets, Mom. And so she tells her about the mistress, and then she also tells Brianna about the knowledge that Roger she brought. She brings out the, the photocopy the zine. of the zine, <laughs> um, which she has been carrying around in her purse. Uh-huh. I mean, probably and rubbing it. 
and like just like and because it. no more secrets goes two ways brianna basically is like hey so by the way here's what's bothering me um did dad just stay with me because i was an obligation because he must have hated me because if i look like jamie he spent his entire life looking at someone who looks Ooh. just like the man his wife actually loved and and Claire's like, uh, no. He loved you so much that he stayed with my ass. He loved you so much, he would have done anything. No, not at all. And she goes, okay, but then, like, you must really hate me, right? Because you had to leave Jamie because of me. So you must resent me. How must you have resented me all these years? And she just like, no, uh, no, no, because I love you so much because I was nursing you and you looked up at me with those eyes. And, and I've never that. felt anything like that before. It really is. It was a good scene. It's, it was very well acted and, well, it's really beautiful. And that's Sophie, the, more of that, please. Yeah, it was really good. You're going to get there. Um, so you can see Claire sort of thinking about what is going to happen next from her. And at the same time, you see Brianna figuring out how, what all of this actually means to her, like what she is experiencing and um, whether there's history involved or not, what her relationship with all three of her parents is, which Mm -hmm. becomes important later. All right. And then we flash to, um, I don't know if it's actually in Claire and Joe's office, but it's definitely in the hospital. Lots of people in Santa hats, the television is on and it's Apollo eight, uh, circling. And they're sipping some wine out of some beautiful glasses. Yeah. Oh God. The glassware in this episode. Yeah. All of the accoutrement, the mid-century modern shit is just swoon worthy. It's all perfectly done. It's all exactly right for the time. And just how did they find it all? Like I said, I, I think I said this about something in the Paris season where I was like, is there just a warehouse somewhere where all the actual period appropriate props live and they all have their own little area. Like 1968 was there, like, they talk <laughs> about this in the thing, but was there just a checker cab and then a shelf above it with all the whiskey glasses? And then a shelf, because it's everything, it's everything from my great grandmother's house. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. what it is. And yeah. it's so they, good. They got on the phone, they were like, hello, 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 is this AMC? Yeah, send me everything you have from, from Mad, Mad Men. Men. <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> all of it. Please. Um, no, I think you misheard me. I think you heard me say, send me a lot of stuff from Mad Men. I said, send me all, all of it. it. All of it. God so it. Uh, Julie is making her way through Parks and Rec, so which she and Neil call Peener. Peener. <laughs> watched, it makes me so happy. Watched a couple of episodes of Peener last night. It made me real sad. City, the um, city council election with the oh, yeah. uh, highly competent woman and the idiot man child. And yeah. It's very hard. Anyway, Patty. So uh, we see Claire watching this once in a lifetime scientific event. We are in the future. This is the future now. We can, we can go to outer fucking space. And Claire walks to the window with her finely appointed but glassware. Joe says, this is the thing that I've never understood. How do you do something like that? Go on a trip like that and come back to your normal life. Right. And Claire's like, uh, <laughs> about that. Um, I can tell you, I, I went the other way. And it's even harder when you've been fucked like you've never been fucked before. Because <laughs> maybe those astronauts are getting some up there, but I bet there's a lot of logistics involved with the oh, costumes. there's also a really great little, like teeny moment and I guess maybe this is right here after she looks yeah, out well, the she, window she goes out and looks at the moon and it's a full moon And then, but then later she's looking out the window at her sitting on this gorgeous window seat in like these really cool pajamas just holding her wedding pearls thinking like and this and I got fucked with these pearls and then that <laughs> other time I got fucked with these pearls and then there's that other time I got fucked with these pearls and then 
there's that one time that I didn't get fucked with these pearls, but they looked really nice. But it was <laughs> there then, was that one time when we were outside and I'd left the pearls inside, and I kind of wished I'd still had them, but it was still good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then there was that, and then there was that time that they were kind of sticky, but that actually was like that better. was into it, like they yeah. stuck to my boobs. Oh, anyway, yeah. anyway. So we have the scene of Claire looking at the moon and realizing. I life is fucking short. You <laughs> thinking like, well, yes, you go on that trip and you come back and your life is never the same. And could I do that again? Right. Like, could I go to the fucking moon again? Mm-hmm. And then she thinks, yes. yes. <laughs> so she goes back to the doom house to talk to Brianna about it. And they're sitting on the couch and Brianna is wearing Charles Nelson Riley shirt. Mm. And I want it. It's bright red. It's got these big white daisies on it with big yellow centers that look like fried eggs almost. Was she wearing a vest too? I think I she did, may also have been wearing a vest. I didn't notice a vest. It I noticed was that bright. I noticed that the shirt was long sleeved and it had the tight cuffs with the yeah. balloon like um, arm. Uh, oh my god! Anyway, I wanted it. Sophie also good in this scene. Mm-hmm. Claire explains that she doesn't know what will happen to her if she goes back through the stones and that it's possible that she might actually die because it's very dangerous. She might die and it might be that she could never come back. She says, you might never see me again. Is that something you can live with? Because I don't think I can. And man, Katrina, just killing it, just straight Mm -hmm. killing it. Uh, And you can see that she's, that she wants to go, but she can't bring herself to leave her daughter. And then is saying like, I'm not going to be able to see you get married. I'm not going to be able to see you become a mother. I'm not going to hold my grandchildren. I'm not going to get to do all of these things. And you can see Brianna getting upset, but she says basically, like, I'm an grown now. Yes, I'm a hot mess, but have you seen my wardrobe? I'm doing at at least one thing right. I can put myself together. (laughs) You raised me. I'm here. I'm grown. I can exist on my own, and it doesn't seem like you can exist without him. And besides, somebody has to go and tell him that he didn't do this for nothing and that I'm here and that I'm healthy and happy. And And she also says, I've often wondered how much of me was my father and how much of me was Frank, but... She says, I always wondered if I was more Randall or more Fraser. Yeah, but I realized that I'm more you. And it's a very touching moment between her and Katrina. And Claire's face goes... (laughs) And then Claire says the funniest thing that's ever been said aloud on television. Fuck fate. (laughs) No, she goes, what if he's forgotten me? Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> like Jen and Allison and I, all three of us went, <laughs> like, d- no, there is no way that if you've ever experienced that kind of a fucking and b true love that you're ever going to forget that person. So she's, I think she's just nervous, which we'll see a little bit, sadly, more of in a minute than in a way that's whatever. We'll get there. Oh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It's just all, it's just like, oh, come on. Um, it was and, a different time. And so she's, she's going, now she's going through this thing in her mind with, what if he's forgotten me? What if, what if he doesn't think I'm attractive anymore? <laughs> all this crap. So she goes back to work and she's like, Joe, I have to ask you a question. I need a second opinion. And he's like, uh, great. Is it an appendix? Like which? Ooh. No, I'm sorry. I need a friend's opinion. Actually, I just need a little honest opinion, I guess is what she says. <laughs> and she's like, Joe, door slams. Do you think I'm sexually attractive? No, I want to quote this precisely because mm-hmm. it's the way in which it's phrased is what I think makes it, what makes it funny. She says, am I attractive? Duh, duh, duh. Sexually. sexually. 
Jesus. And Joe's like, are you kidding me? Is it, he goes, uh, is this a trick question? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, no, I don't. And he's like, oh, this is about your man, isn't it? This is about your man. This is oh, about your man. Gonna, you're going to do it. You're going to go for it. Yeah. You're going to get up. You're going to get laid. <laughs> yeah. Then he asks her, what is she? As she prompts him again, and he is like, you're a skinny white woman with too much hair and a great ass. <laughs> and she's like, thank you. That's all I wanted That's to know. That's all I wanted it's to like, know. Great, Joe out. <laughs> but peace, mic drop. <laughs> please come back, Joe Abernathy, please. It, uh, yeah, I know you He'll told me back. he will, but it, this, this actor is fun and He's very, good to watch. What's his name? I got it. Mr. Mr. Joe Abernathy. Uh, I'm still on Downton Abbey. That's not helpful. He was on Downton Abbey? Oh, no, no, the guy, the professor was from Downton Abbey. Uh, is this guy American? We didn't check will, that. Will Johnson. Yes. Is Will Johnson American? He doesn't seem like it to me. No, he's an English actor. Yeah, yes. that's another good accent. His, you know what? His accent might be the best because his is not only just a straight kind of mid-Atlantic English, but he also has a little bit of a twang. Yeah. Like he's coming from somewhere south of there. Ooh. He was in the Daniel Radcliffe, Rosencrantz, and Guildenstern are dead. Ooh. Was he, he one of the mains? Claudius. No. Uh, he's also an Aries. Oh. Oh, that you. explains everything. No, I think you, you know IMDb. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, 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 Joe oh, Abernathy. He's five nine. Yeah. That means he's probably 5'7. Yeah. yeah. Joe Abernathy out for the episode. Looking forward to seeing you again. Back to Doom House for Christmas present time. Claire's opening presents. Fucking Brianna and Roger out on the town just doing a little estate sale shopping. Found her some Scottish coins that were appropriate for the time, so she's going back rich. Fuck yeah. She's like, yes, what a great and thoughtful present. And then Roger gives her a history book about Scotland, and she's like, mm, could have used this the first time. <laughs> it's like, fair. And then Brianna comes through with the real gift, which is like real thought put into this. And like, so I don't know if you remember this about her going through the stones, but she always lost a gemstone. Remember that Galus said that that was part of the... Mm. Oh. Part of the trip is that you had to have some kind of gemstone on you. Mm-hmm. And in the first one, it was her watch. She lost her jeweled watch. And in the second one, it was she was wearing Jamie's dad's ring and the stone fell out. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Brianna got her a beautiful topaz necklace and was like, remember what Galus said? That you need a stone? And it's her birthstone. And it's her birthstone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like that one, that one was a little bit of a tearjerker. And then they're like, "What are you gonna wear, mom?" And mom's like, "Just a minute." And then she goes and gets a raincoat. Well, no, she says, she says like, "I need to figure out a way to smuggle all this." To- oh, she also says that she smuggled a bunch of scalpels and some penicillin out of the hospital because she's taking that shit back with her. Oh, that damn right, she is fraud. That is medical malpractice. But she's also like... She better not come back through the stones because she's going to lose her fucking medical life. And she's also like, I think that they could use it in 16th century Edinburgh more than they can use it in Boston. <laughs> I'm like, I, have you been to Boston? I mean, Boston is a shithole. <laughs> no, um, it's not. Of course well, not. I've I mean, never been. Just, I, have. I have no interest in going. I have. But I, I mean, I, I would guess there are a lot of people there who could use Probably some penicillin. Probably use some penicillin. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, I need, I'm going to need a dress that looks somewhat appropriate and I'm going to need a shit ton of motherfucking pockets to and hide then, all this shit. And then Roger goes, oh, like a, like a utility belt from the Caped Crusader. And we start talking about Batman. Hilarious. Not in the book, right? That, not in the book. Then we get a sewing montage. To the Batman theme. To the Batman theme. It's great. It's great. It's great. So basically she takes a raincoat and 
alters it and then creates like a sort of matching vest and skirt situation and borrows a blouse from Brianna. Pirate blouse. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a big gray fitted dress with all sorts of interior hidden pockets. And she makes it in one night. And you guys, I know that (laughs) I really have to suspend my disbelief for a show about time traveling. But I'm going to tell you, sewing a dress like that in one night is really stretching it thin for me. Well, but she was altering. And and this is, we'll That's see true. this in more detail later. But I want to tip my hat to Terry, Terry Dressbach. Cheers, because she really did do it right. That dress, first of all, you can tell it's altered from a raincoat. Like and it moves, it's like raincoat material. And you can tell that it was made by somebody who knows their way around a sewing machine, but isn't the best. Like they can, at one point, there was a close-up shot of one oh, no, of the Oh no, but she sleeves. mentions it first. Yeah. She says that she's like, I don't know. I mean, one of the sleeves is longer than the other, and uh, but you don't see that yet. And then one of the sleeves is longer. Is than actually the longer than the other, and the hem, the hem is and like, and I'm not great with a sewing machine. She also says, "I've made your Halloween costumes for years. Yeah, what do you think? I can't know my way around. Sorry, whatever the fuck. And I know my way around these things. But yeah, but it, there's a close up of the of the hem of the sleeve of one of the arms, and it looks exactly like everything I've ever made on a sewing machine, where it looks like somebody was drunk driving, where, <laughs> where it's like. like a curvy line all the way around really made me laugh it's a good good costume so she makes the uh, she makes her dress to Batman which was a really good choice and really then fun. she decides to dye the grays out of her hair which was my okay I get it I'm, you're nervous about seeing him again for the first time in 20 years but you're so you're so preternaturally beautiful like okay come on well also, but let me say this if you had the best sex of your life with a dude that looked like that, and then you didn't see him for 20 years, and you knew he was still going to look exactly like that. You just knew in your heart that he was always going to be that good looking. Wouldn't you be a little nervous? I'd be a little nervous. I don't know if I was Katrina Balfrey that I'd be that nervous, because she's just as hot as he is. Every woman has her own insecurities. You're right, you're right. But I mean, if she was insecure about it, though, like, wouldn't she have died them before, or she just didn't give a shit? She didn't give a shit. She gives a shit about... Yeah. Jamie. Jamie and what Jamie thinks, but I would I would dye my beard. I don't. Yeah. If I was seeing somebody that I had loved for twenty years for the first time in twenty years, I'm not sure I would dye my hair, but that's just not me. Mm-hmm. But I would be very self conscious about my appearance. Fuck, mm-hmm. I used to when I was going to Portland to visit Tom. Every time I would go, I would be like, Why haven't I dieted? What if I get a zit? I have to go get my eyebrows <laughs> done. Okay. Every time. It was like when I went to my twentieth high school reunion. There was a little bit of that, but I'm like because this particular anxiety is so not me and because I maybe it's because I truly feel that it's really not clear either like it doesn't it doesn't ring 100% true to me but that's cool so she dyed her hair and then uh, they, Brianna and Roger come in when she's getting all her stuff together to leave. And she's a little bit nervous about it. And they're like, no, it looks great. And then Roger just slips out the door. And I'm like, there he goes to get some whiskey. I was right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, we need one more provision. Yeah. And then, uh, Julie's like, whiskey. <laughs> yeah. And he comes back and with then whiskey. They, before that, though, there's a really another really good mm-hmm. little mother-daughter scene. Sophia's maybe less good in this one. Get, but Katrina just aces it. Clara gives her the pearls. 
Mm, and also hands about. over the deed to the house, which she's put in her name, awesome. and all the bank accounts in her name, and then a letter of resignation to the hospital, which she gave this to Joe. To give this to yeah. Joe, and all of this stuff, and the two of them basically just cry. And Brianna's wearing this beautiful violet tone, or like jewel tone, purple, purple. jewel tone sweater. It's gorgeous. Yeah, that's the one. The best picture about this part of this picture is that this was he's pouring whiskey. <laughs> he's pouring whiskey. Um, I this was where I wrote a note that there's a lot of hugging and crying in this episode. I understand why. But and like, then I said hugging and, crying, hugging and crying, gang together. <laughs> and then we are treated to a beautiful shot of Claire walking out of her home. First they toast, and what do they toast to? Freedom and whiskey. Freedom, Freedom and whiskey. And Cheers. Cheers. And then the beautiful shot of Claire walking down her stoop. And it's, I don't know if it's the night light or that it's rainy pavement. or It's like, it it looks like she's going to an international flight, right? Because it's like an indecent hour. I don't know if it's four o'clock in the morning or if it's like 1130 PM, but she's going to an international flight. Like Mm -hmm. it could not be more obvious. And looking just stellar, beautiful coat, plaid coat, like yellow plaid. And there's this light and it's just hitting half her face. And she's just hashtag moisture goals. You guys moisturize. Really? And she just, I mean, she just looks devastated. It's like Mm -hmm. a portrait of a woman in grief Mm -hmm. and it's gorgeous and sad. And then she looks up and Brianna and Roger are looking out the window and Brianna's like, Sophie's good in this moment. Good Mm nonverbal moment. Smiling and nodding and being encouraged, encouraging, but like silently crying. And Roger is just standing behind her and she looks up at, at them with all of this love in her face and then gets in a taxi and goes, oh, because she said that she didn't want Brianna to come with her to Scotland because if Brianna came, it would be all about saying goodbye to her and that was going to be really hard. So she wanted to say goodbye to her now so that this time when she went through the stones, it could be peaceful mm-hmm. because the first time she was terrified and the second time she was heartbroken and also terrified. And then she, <laughs> and then she and pregnant. A- assault, assaulted a motor. Yes. <laughs> and Who won? <laughs> and this time she wants it to be peaceful. And then she gets in the taxi and leaves. And then Brianna hugs Roger and starts to cry. And it's very sad. And then, then she has her best moment of the yes, episode. She goes, wait, wait, just a minute. She goes in the kitchen and like takes a Gathers second, herself. Wipes her face off. Takes a couple of deep breaths. Slowly reaches down and puts on a Santa hat. And you're like, what? And then she comes out of the kitchen with a tray. What is on the tray for Roger? What's on the tray? Whiskey. No. <laughs> Good guess. Lobster roll and Boston cream pie. Oh, See what she did there? That's sweet. She's really good at the gift giving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's very excited about that. And then he goes, wait, wait, I got something for you. And then she opens it up and it's a Christmas carol. So I think Allison Shoemaker is correct. And then Sophie Skelton begins to read from Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol as it slowly morphs back to Claire in the cab where she talks about puddles. Real quick, I want to say one thing. The least believable thing that happens in this episode is that Roger, who watches Dark Shadows, has never heard of a Charlie Brown Christmas. That's bullshit. That is kind of bullshit. That's highly bullshit. Yeah, because she's like, here's your, here's your Boston cream pie and your lobster roll. Afterwards, maybe we can watch Charlie Brown Christmas. He's like, what is that? And we're like... You fucking know What's what that is. What's a Charlie Brown? What is fucking... You know what that is. Uh, and also, the second most unbelievable moment in this episode oh, is yeah. that when she kisses him, it is so chaste. I mean, Instead, it's a decent kiss. But then I she mean, doesn't she immediately things- go, oh, yeah! Yeah, she does have other things on her mind, I guess. Yes. But, I mean... 
So then we flash back to Claire in the cab and she starts talking about puddles and how she has this thing where she feels like sometimes if she steps into a puddle, she's going to fall into a so hole or whatever. So this is, uh, first of all, it's a very clever, I think, parallel to the first time she goes through the stones when she recounts how the she can't wreck. describe yeah. what it feels like. But the closest sensation was she fell asleep in a car and woke up when it was going off a bridge. And didn't know, like, which way was up, and she was so disoriented. Mm -hmm. This is, like, um, it's, so this is taken directly from the book. This is the prologue of the third book. She's talking about she used to look into puddles when she was a kid, and it would freak her out because it looked like, basically, like a mirror hole. Mm -hmm. Like, you look into it, and you see only sky, and it looks like maybe you're going to look in and just fall and never stop falling. And sometimes that still happens to her. Sometimes she still thinks that. And she's getting out of the cab, this like really great checker cab in her beautiful coat. And she takes her stacked heel and she goes to step out. And then like the beginning of season two, when Frank reaches out to take her hand and she takes his hand and then we pan back and it's Jamie uh, on the docks in France. Um, her, she steps out and you see her shoe step out and then a boot hits a puddle and it's Claire in her dress getting out of the carriage. dress. Getting out of a carriage in Edinburgh. Yeah. So we have jumped. We She's are made it. She's done it. She went through the rock. She's there. Apparently, they, it was just difficult to film at the Stone, so they came up with this workaround. But I really liked it. That sounds really clever. I, I thought it yeah. made sense. I thought it was and, a really and I nice... Thought it, I really did think that it did reflect that first, the car wreck thing. It, it kind of called And the transition that. from the future into the past. In France. The last right. time we did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <clears throat> here she is. She's in old Edinburgh. And then what does she do? She asks a kid where the print shop is, which is a direct it sounds, reference. To me, it made me think about A Christmas Carol. She, she actually said that earlier. Ebenezer Scrooge is like, you, a boy, what, what day, day is, is today? It? <laughs> a boy, a boy, a boy, a Go buy a fat goose. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go buy a goose. And then he goes and buys it. You know what I mean? So she walks up to this kid and she's like, you, boy, where is the print shop under the name of Alexander Malcolm? And he's like, oh, he's right down the street. He's got it to the left. Whatever. Carfax clothes that gave me yeah. a little. And then, so there's, I don't want to, I don't want to hashtag in the books too much, but there's a moment that I really, it's so little and silly, but there's a moment I really miss. She gets, she has to uh, walk from the stones to Inver- Inverness. And then she has to take a carriage from Inverness to Edinburgh. And then she gets out in Edinburgh and has to shake off her, like, male suitor from the carriage ride. Oy. And sort of, like, runs away. And then she's like, okay, I got to find out when this is. But I need a second. I need to just sit for a second. Because this Whiskey? Is, but no. This is <laughs> fucked up. Now I'm in the past again. This is crazy. How is it that I'm in the and past again? And I'm alone. And I'm about to go see this dude. And what if I, like, what's going to happen when I show up? And holy shit, I just need to sit for a second. And then she reaches into one of her bat pockets, yes. sits on the edge of a fountain, and pulls out a peanut butter and jelly sandwich wrapped in cellophane. And she just sits there and enjoys, like, her last taste of good old-fashioned American PB&J. That's pretty like, good. Like, real creamy peanut butter and some Welch's grape jelly and some white All the white way to the edge of the crust. In plastic yes. wrap. And then she <laughs> eats it. Then she's like, what should I do with it? This, this could change the whole world, this plastic wrap. And what should I... I'll just litter. <laughs> she just drops it. <laughs> and she just drops it on the ground. And it just blows away. It just, like, rolls into her carriage. 
She's like, that was easy. And then she gets up and straightens her shit in a mirror. <laughs> and it's like, okay, Carfax close. Here we go. And marches on down. And Janine, next week, we're going to have to watch this scene before we watch next week, two weeks from now. Are you telling me we're almost done? Yes. Yeah. God fucking damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, hold on, hold on. It's almost there. Uh, but so, no, it, it's, it's worth it. God so, damn it. we're going to have to watch this scene because you, you're going to need to see it before we start the episode. Oh. And then, worst case scenario, if the episode starts with the scene, then you'll have seen it twice. And you're welcome. And it's only two <laughs> minutes long. So, she walks down the street and, and then she sees this sign and it says, A. Malcolm. Malcolm. Printer. She's like, oh, shit. And she reaches out and touches it. Oh, Is I it just real? said, oh, shit. I just said, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. Mm. She reaches out and touches it, and luckily... Fondles it. I'm going to say it. Yeah. Fondles it. But she reaches out, and she touches it, and luckily does not travel in time to 1568. <laughs> Can you imagine? And she reached out, she's like, hey, Malcolm. And she's like, oh, God damn it. And I can stop it. And the outfit's totally wrong for the period. Am I going to get burned as a witch again? Again. Oh, God. Hey, you guys, Neil, some. Hey, there's Neil. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Oh, okay. oh man, both dude landers hey, just dude landers. How's it going? The dude lander dudes. So, you guys, I feel like, do we need to wait until they go to the other room? Should we pause for a second? We do. Can we put, can we play yakety sax for a minute? Yakety sax, go. I don't remember. I, the last thing I remember is her fondling the A Malcolm and sign. And getting sent back in time to 1568. <laughs> so like, ah, shit! You don't understand! I made this out of a raincoat! <laughs> a raincoat! <laughs> <laughs> so, she's there. She And here's what I thought, just based on, you know, my general pop culture knowledge and the way TV shows work in America. I thought she was going to knock on the door and it was going to be blackout. It was going to be the lost season one yeah. ending. That's, yeah. that's what I'm expecting from you right now. Nope. Nope. What? Because they respect us just a little bit more and they want to tease us a little bit more. I mean, I should say, this is an American television show. Well, true, but it's... It, uh, it is. I mean, they could they could have ended it with the knock 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 blackout though they really could have, and they didn't. So, what do we see? I, first of all, I want to say, <laughs> despite the fact that maybe because I knew what was coming, because this episode is really well directed, and it's really well acted, and Katrina Buffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffmuffm
I, I doubt it. I really doubt that. <laughs> anyway, anyway so, so anyway, I, despite knowing what was going to happen, because it's so well directed, this sequence in particular, it was like, it's just a woman walking up a flight of stairs. But Jesus Christ, I got so nervous. I, like, and I'm like, excited, Allison, you know what's going to happen. I was like, I know. But it's just, there's something about it. This is why you have to watch this one. Yeah. There's, it's just, it's very well done. I you mean, just get like... My pulse just went I mean, up. My I mean, heart rate went I, up. Well, if we like backtrack just a little bit to when she was leaving uh, Brianna and, and uh, Turtle. Oh, you want to see that shot? I yeah, want to see that a little bit. And oh, also yeah. because like I'm just thinking about that going like, wait a second. He said he knows he was alive and you could time it out now and you can go find him. But you don't know where the fuck he is. You're going to the past and like... This is she, a huge she knows fucking he's gamble. in Edinburgh. That's it. That's, That's it. it. Edinburgh's big. I'm yeah. in there. And I'm she doesn't this. know like what he's gonna look. She yeah. doesn't know what he's gonna think of her. He might not have any eyes. I mean, she left him 20 years ago and never figured His out that he was still alive. His nose might have been cut off. Who knows? Right. His nose might have been cut off. You know what? That is true. God, wouldn't that have sucked? <laughs> Can we just have one moment the alternate timeline in our minds of him turning around with no nose and how and she goes ah! the show would have been over. Show no. ends. No. Anyway, that did not you know happen. He still had that ding. <laughs> he still had those magic fingers. Right. Yes, now they're covered in ink, but that's okay. okay. So she takes this walk up the steps, and it's not in slow motion. She's just taking her time. And there's this really cool little shot where you can see her, like, gripping the handrail, but it also seems like she's touching it to make sure it's real, knowing it's a railing that he's touched. Like, you get all of this, and it's nonverbal. I, I mean, there's a monologue. There's voiceover happening. But it's not, that's not what she said. It's just really, really well done. Wait. Ooh, so there's no scratching. She's scratching her new scratchy. She really likes it. She's just looking at us now, wondering what the hell we're looking at. So, she gets up to the top of the stairs. And she, t- like, <sighs> fixes her hair. She looks she in talks her and like curlies. She's and just she's making like, it okay. Holy shit, man. Okay. And then she opens the door, and it hits a little doorbell, and it's like, ding, ding, ding. It's really taking Wait, its Wait, you know what? Here. I'm going to make a noise for you guys. Julie, you make noise all the time. Yeah! Oh. Foley. Yeah, So like that. You see the bell ring, and the door opens, and she's kind of looking around, and like, God, she's so good in this scene. And there's nobody and then, there. And then a voice goes, you hear a voice from, like, below. And the voice goes, is that you, Jordi? And... Julie and Jen and I all went, yes! Because <laughs> it's very clearly He Jamie's has a very voice. distinctive yes. voice. And her face, when she hears Again, his like voice, 19 different like, emotions. Like, whoosh. joy, fear, sorrow. Woof. And then she nervousness, moves excitement into the room. So slowly. And he's still saying <laughs> shit about like, you must have gone to Africa for the ink or some shit. Inverness. Like, Inverness, whatever. Did you go to Inverness? Yeah, like what took you so fucking long? And she walks up to the edge of this room where it's like a brewery. Of course, it's a printing press, but it's like this deeply she recessed room. She basically looks down She's looking into down. a room with the printing press. And his back is turned... But you know right away, because there's some little stitching on the back of that vest. Way to go, Terry Dressbuck. Yep. You know right away who that is. And he's got his hair in a little plait. I mean, would we not know who that was? He is six foot seven and redheaded. <laughs> he's right there. But she just kind of stares at him and he just keeps talking. Silence. And then and then she has the most unnecessary. I mean, it's great. First of all, straight from the book. But an incredibly unnecessary clarification. It's three beats. She goes. It's not Jordy. Beep, beep, beep. And his shoulders tense up. She goes, it's me. Beep, beep, beep. He's more tense. He has to turn around. 
Claire. <laughs> I was like, bitch, he knows it's you. Don't worry. He knows that voice. And then he turns around and it's go- the two of them looking at each other. It's uh, gorgeous. Every hair in my body just stood up. Right? <laughs> but it gets so much better. He just, he God looks at her with it. like awe and shock and longing and she looks back and she's smiling and tearful and terrified and they look at each other and he just straight up passes out. He fights. <laughs> and she goes, oh, hits the ground and blackout. And he, he like fell back against the printing press and then fell over. And that was it. He just goes, <laughs> It was really good. It's, you know what it was? It was the felling of a redwood. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I'm realizing yakety sacks in this episode was really appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> but the funny thing is, it's I don't know the last time that we got the Outlander romp music. It's been a while. It's been a while. But in the, at the very end, that's what we get. We get the like, let's fight with knives and kick some shit. This is the official lyric. Call us Bear McCreary. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we, we've got you covered. So right. the knives and kicks of chicken, and then we'll fuck some people. So and then that's we'll how eat the haggis, and then ends. we'll have a fine fat pig. Oh, jeez. That's how the episode ends, is them seeing each other and Jamie passing out. So next week, no show. Following week, nothing Why but doing it. Do it's that not, to us? It will not be nothing but doing it. It'll be a lot of doing it, though. It because be it is an extended it. episode, as Allison said. Extra long. Extra long. With an X dash T-R-A. <laughs> Extra, Extra long. long. And they did tease it a little bit. And it's hot. Yeah, just them looking at each other. You're like... And then she goes, I want to see you. And I went, yeah. And then there's like clothes coming off. And just soulful it's just, gazing. But it's just like a the cravat. of the cravat. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, we're, we're about to see it. However, my quote when he turned around was... Oh, Clear. Clear. Are you a ghost? Bonk. <laughs> because he's seen her ghost all the time. Right? Yeah, How true. does he know this isn't her fucking ghost? Allison had some book knowledge that like cleared that up for me, but they have not touched each other yet. How does he not know that this is not the this same? Is, so this is book knowledge. Mm-hmm. I mean, because she's a fucking living, breathing woman. She's casting a shadow. She probably right? smells really nice. And she's also not wearing like some dia- diaphanous like angel. Uh, I mean, he's also not dying of a major leg injury right yeah, now. Yeah, but so I, I get. I, I'm not a book reader, but I get the impression that he sees her all the time. Well, yeah, but mm-hmm. it, so it <laughs> in the books. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, it's it, and it would be a little bit silly, but it is. And this was the I wouldn't change a thing about this ending. No, it, it was so perfect, funny and sexy and perfect, and like a perfect setup for what their lives are going to be like right now. Because I mean, it's a huge, jarring, life changing, difficult thing for her too. I mean, she gave up her whole life and she left her daughter, but he had no fucking idea what was going to happen. So she is at least mentally prepared. She takes her time walking up those steps. She's got some idea what's coming. He's just at work doing his thing and then this Just woman print. that he has been grieving and longing for for 20, for 20 years. years it's just like yo what's up and he goes it's <gasps> <gasps> just like I can't I, I can't <laughs> hard stop <laughs> Um, I think I just had a stroke. Well, and then he's dead. End of series. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He died Claire? of a heart attack. Oh. And she's like, I. Damn it! Ugh, I should have brought I, a defibrillator. I, I did this. Should have sent a letter. <laughs> 
Dear Jamie, I'm coming back. I'm going to see you tomorrow. Please take this time to mentally prepare. I promise this isn't a trick. And Love, Claire. Here, here's some heart medicine, just in case. Yeah. Just Please in case. take these vitamins <laughs> and also have this aspirin ready. <laughs> Baby aspirin. If, yep, if, your heart, if your arm hurts. Uh, Please let me know. Just yeah. say something. Just say something. <laughs> And also, if if you've got some kind of side piece, let's make sure that she's not there because I don't want to have to confront her at your memorial. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. so that's the episode. And then the doorbell rings and someone comes in and goes, Hi, I'm Sandy. And then mm-hmm. she kills herself. <laughs> um, she pulls a Dirk out. <laughs> a dirk. Um, that's in one of her Batman pockets. She's got a dirk. Uh Question. If you had a raincoat dress full of Batman pockets and we're traveling in time, what would you bring? Penicillin, I think, is a really good one. I oh, think penicillin I is a really high level one. Penicillin, yeah. A watch. A watch. I know people that probably isn't like something you'd go to, but like a watch. I'd bring a watch with me. Would a watch work? Aren't watches isn't there a quartz situation? Uh, if it's a mechanical watch. Oh, you bring a digital watch. I'd bring a, a mechanical a, a watch. Mechanical watch, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like that I can wind because in, in that time it's probably quite expensive, but in the sixties, yeah. not as bad. Bring a watch. I would take a pint of Ben and Jerry's half baked. Yeah, but it would be melted by the time you got out of. Don't the... care. Still delicious. Okay. Mm-hmm. I uh, would. I would bring a lot more Ziploc baggies. Ooh, Ooh Ziploc baggies are good. Yeah. That is good. That's actually my real answer. I would bring like deodorant. Well, yeah. <laughs> and like canned vegetables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would make my, my dress really heavy, but mm-hmm. I would bring... No, Ziploc bag full of vegetables. Done. Much well, lighter. but then can won't last forever. And remember, Scott, uh, famine. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, that's uh, coming I would, up. You know, I would bring like ketchup packets. Ooh. <laughs> make things taste good like rotten meat. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Oh, great. Tastes like a hot dog. <laughs> Stewed meat. Um, that is not to say that I would ever put ketchup on a hot dog because I do not believe in that. <laughs> I do. Oh. Uh, I would bring. God. We're from Chicago, y'all. That's a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, maybe. No, because if I brought a Kindle, it would just stop working. Yeah. yeah, you can't do that. I mean, like, it would still, it, it wouldn't be connected to the internet, but it would still work, but eventually the battery would die. Like, what's something real savvy that if you brought back, it might get under the radar and people wouldn't freak out about it, but it would be something, some S- modern amenity? Swiss Army knife. Mm. Mm, that's pretty good. We forget about that a lot, but that's yeah. actually really fucking handy. That is handy. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, though, they probably don't have screws or cans so actually a lot of the things on that Swiss Army knife probably don't make sense you know what they do have though corks boom Uh, you know what was really expensive back in the day salt Oh, yeah. I would bring like a giant box of kosher salt. No, you wouldn't bring a box of salt. You would bring salt in a separate bag that you would have to make me open the box to put into it because you hate that sound. (laughs) I do hate that sound. But that's the thing. Kosher salt salt has a cardboard chute. No, mine has a metal chute. Oh, don't even tell me. I know. know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's why I was like, I can put it in a bag for you. Here's a very what specific fact about me. What if you just showed up me? in like 1600 and you just had a bag of salt and people are like, she's a witch. She's a witch. That's exactly what would happen. And then I would take the salt and I would pour it in a line around myself and they'd be like, come and get me, bro. They'd be like, that, that only works on witches. What are you doing? <laughs> Haven't you seen Hocus Pocus? <laughs> You're the witch. Wait, I'm not a witch. Mm-hmm. I'm not a witch. witch I'm your witch. Um, yeah, so that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's actually. I'm really glad they didn't just lost it. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, they didn't just do a, a not, not, not blackout. Knock, knock, knock. No, there was no, it, it was, it was still sort of a cliffhanger, but it was a very satisfying one. And also him fighting was oh. top notch. It that was, was great. Like, <laughs> just great. It was really, really great. Because truthfully speaking, that might happen. I, oh, I, mean, yeah. I, I would probably, fucking I, I can name some people that if they just like showed up on my doorstep, I would like, uh, I would be like, what the fuck are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Here's a true story. Yeah. Uh, before Tom and I actually met in person, he was, he was going to be coming out to Chicago. Well, the idea was like six months from then he was coming to Chicago to see Neil and Julian play. And then one day he chats me um, and we had been like talking about this play I was directing and he was helping me figure effects out and stuff. It's our love story. And <laughs> he chats me and he was like, Hey, I don't want to freak you out, but I didn't want to just surprise you. Cause I wouldn't want this to happen to me. So just, so you know, I'm coming to Chicago next week to surprise Neil. And I was eating a sandwich and I went, <laughs> <laughs> and, I like, and I stood up and I was like, mm. Liz Lemon choking by yourself. Did and you I jump just, on a chair? Like, oh, oh, no, I didn't actually choke, but I almost choked. I was like, bum, 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 bum. and then <laughs> I spit out my sandwich. And I took a walk for a second, and then I came back, and it was like, Allison, Allison, Allison. Dot, dot, dot. And I went, Question mark. I almost choked on the sandwich. I'll see you next week. <laughs> and then I had a whole conversation with Julie one day where she, she was like, was like, so what are, what are we going to do with Tom next week? And she was like, I don't know what you're talking about. What Tom, who Tom isn't coming because Julie is very sneaky, except for when she's been drinking and then she's not sneaky at all. You know what? And then you could see just a little panic in her eyes. Like it, in the has, back of her eyes. it has happened to me so many times that I have almost ruined a surprise that finally last week. I got it together for my husband's 40th birthday, and I did not spoil a single one of the three great surprises that happened to him. I'm very proud of myself, you guys. One of them was that we sent him an edible arrangement. It was really <laughs> that funny. Tur- the fact that it turned into a meme was the best part. It was the biggest. <laughs> he, there is nothing my husband hates more other than misogyny and institutionalized racism than a fucking edible arrangement. And on par. we got together and fucking bought him the biggest one in a basketball and sent it to his office and his boss was in on it and it was a delight. And it wasn't just me and Julie, which was the plan for a while. It was like we were gonna do it. People. It was better because he was like, Oh, it's from each and every fucking one of you. You all did this to me. <laughs> anyway, it was great. So I did not bust that secret. So I'm getting better. The older I get, the more ke- the more Kenny Kenny I'm getting. No, I'm not telling any secrets. Anyway, if Tom had just showed up, I maybe would have passed out. <laughs> so let's do our scales. All right. Shall we? Um, let's start with the easiest one. Well, actually, no. This might be kind of complicated. The doing it scale. On a scale mm. from oh, uh, Ken Burns baseball to, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, nine and a half weeks. I know what mine is. Okay, what is it? Have you ever seen the movie In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai? Yes. It's like that. Because it's a slow burn. They obviously very much like each other. There's not a lot of outward affection, but there's a lot of inner stuff. So we've got a little bit of that with Roger and Bree, and then we have that at the very end when they see each other for the first time in 20 years. I've, That's got, a, I've got a similar thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with a happier remains of the day. <laughs> you know what? It's really hilarious. when <laughs> Happier... Wait. Happier remains of the day, like if it was happier, or happier that remains of the day is happier than Wonkar the in the mood for love. No, I'm saying if remains of the day was happier. Okay, okay, right? Because you yeah. like remain, imagine you're watching remains of the day. Beautiful movie, by the way. Also a beautiful book. 
you're watching Remains of the Day, and you get to the end, and then it's like, they're going to put a war fighting with knives, we're kicking each other, right? <laughs> and then Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson walk off into the sunset together, and you're like, this is the way it should be. And then they yeah. go to have lots of sex. Right. Um, yeah, okay. So then we'll do the costume scale. This so one on is going to be... of pre-made, um, from Target... A nurse's outfit Ooh. to bespoke Halloween costume sewed for you by your adoring mother or grandmother mm-hmm. or um, I don't know small Asian child. In <laughs> no, that's not. That's not. Well, but, I, I, I or a beautiful handmade Halloween costume. Where I'm gonna say I. I think it's closer to the uh, made for you by your mother grandmother because Sophie Skelton's 60s gear is just so fucking good. Oh, I know. And Claire always looks on point. Like, it's great. I, th- I think that we, it's very easy to start discounting the modern man stuff like Joe's stuff and Roger's stuff because it tends to start blending in a little bit. But it's all, Roger's it's all got very some good. Beautiful sweaters. I'm going to say, in my own personal history scale, it's my. <sighs> Fifth grade year, when my grandmother made a homemade Peter Pan outfit for me and sewed a She-Ra to my shoulder with pipe cleaner wings as my Tinkerbell. Oh. That's real. That's good. That's real. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to go with fifth grade. My mother didn't make it for me, but she helped me find all the pieces, Mm -hmm. and I wore a leotard and a little skirt and some white tights and an ace bandage around my knee, and I carried around ice skates and kept going, but I just want to skate, but I just want to skate. Uh, Why me? To our listeners who are like 17 years old, I know some of Nancy you are. First of all, we love bless you. you, please don't use this language in school. Um, that's Nancy Kerrigan and Tony Harding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there are people who listen to the show, I pr- promise you did not get that reference. So yeah. to share... I, is I, that I, real? Yeah. What's yours? My only like costume memory that I have is, uh, I think it was first or second grade, I was an aunt nice. in this like school play, and it was made of uh, paper. That they stapled on top, and I had like little like antennae, and uh, my dad was taking a video, uh, and it was mostly me just putting my head inside of the, like we're all singing in like choir form, and I just keep bringing the costume up and like hiding inside of it, <laughs> <laughs> and pulling it down, Cute. and then putting it back up. Oh. Yeah, that was that's that's the only costume memory I have. I'm sure there was others, but that's I the, had that's several. The one I had a out. really good Alice in Wonderland, and I also had a really good uh, Mr. Hyde. Most of my Halloween costumes where I felt really awesome involve me being a smart ass, not me actually wearing a great costume. Mm-hmm. One year when I was in high school, uh, I went, I was at that age where you are too fucking old to go trick or treating, but you do it anyway because you're a dick. Yeah. You know? yeah. I'm sure you've both done it. I I've did, done it. I did that on crutches and dressed in drag. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Mm. I got a lot of cat calls. Uh, out there. I was, I was, God, I was probably a junior in high school and I went. <laughs> We didn't have Halloween costumes, but we wanted to go trick-or-treating. So we two dude friends of mine, a friend and a boyfriend, and then another female friend. And we took three t-shirts and wrote on them. So mine said, noun. And the, one of the other guys said, verb. And the other guy says, adjective. And then our friend, Kate, was already dressed up as She-Ra. So we would knock on doors and people would be like, and what are you supposed to be? And I'd go, I'm a noun. And then I'm a verb, I'm an adjective, and I'm She-Ra, Mom Power! And it was, <laughs> was stupid. I love that She-Ra came into that conversation twice. Yeah. That's what Princess of Power. Princess of Power. All right. 
Anyway, okay, so that was the costume scale. Good. I thought it was a good costume scale. I did too. The mid-century modern stuff, but also the fact that one sleeve was longer than the other. That was perfect. That made me so happy. And then Jamie's vest having shit on the back again, mm-hmm. like it always does. And his little ponytail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. I can't wait to see him take it off. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. Yeah, he's just going <laughs> to... Um, so, the getting up and getting a beer scale. I didn't get up and get one. Neither did I. So I just... I don't know. Almost all the scenes were really good. There was a lot of really good acting I in this I might have could have gotten up to get a beer during the fucking Frank's Remembrance scene with the mistress. And mm. thinking, nobody needs to see that scene. And that was at least two minutes. I think I, it yeah, was but unnecessary, you but you didn't. I didn't because I didn't need a beer, but I will say it was an extraneous scene. So that it's I didn't like need. an almost never situation. It would well no because I know episodes of this show where I literally <laughs> would not be able to get up and get a beer. This is not one of them. Okay, uh, until the last like the last five minutes, Ooh, never riveted. Last five minutes are like the end of how to make a murderer. Like, I am not <laughs> leaving. But the rest of it, mm, up and down, I would say. Did you just combine how to get away with murder and making a murderer? I'm sorry, making a murderer. That's <laughs> okay. the one. The one about the guy in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only other time I've ever seen a pagel. He was the sheriff who prosecuted him pretty badly. Oh, that I, guy. I know. My family mm. history not holding up well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wouldn't have gotten up because I was very into seeing how the hell they were going to get her back there. Right. And that might be something that was more interesting to somebody as a book reader to see how they had changed it and what they were going to do. To me, it was a lot of hugging and crying, a lot of Roger being clutch, and then the last five minutes being inescapable. But it, it, I still enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. I thought that I, I liked this episode probably a little bit more than I liked maybe the last episode. I can't remember. There was one of the last couple where I was like what's your favorite episode of the season so far uh it sounds like it's this one I no no if I was to go back I really liked the first one where Jamie was depressed and uh, sorry the Culloden Doom Hut Doom Hut yeah I I really liked I think that would have been my favorite I think this might be mine so far but I also really liked Doom Hut and I really liked um, meeting Lord John again. I loved meeting Lord John, but both of those two, episode two and episode three, feel so compressed to me because I know they had to do so much mm-hmm. to work so much into so little time yeah. that occasionally it felt ridiculous. Like, I've known you for 20 years. Thank you for telling me that. Because, like, But that doesn't stop the fact that I enjoy watching it. It just does feel a little like... Rushed. Adaptively speaking, they're having to push a lot. This in. one does not feel rushed. It, I, it did not. No, and that's true. Mm-hmm. So the, out of the last three, this one felt a little bit more earned. But to me, the last five minutes are the best of this entire season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Her getting out of, from her getting out of the carriage to him fainting is so like... So better than what we previously said was the best scene of the season so far? Well, we had two. We said I like the Lord John. Lord John and Jamie talking about Willie. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Frank crying with Claire when Brianna is born. Oh, yes. And then, where'd he get the red hair? Yeah, where'd she get the red hair? Yeah, no, I'm going to go with this one. Yeah. Uh, to this point, because it was so well-directed and so well-done, and, like, you could feel, you could um, physically feel it. Julie, I find that really choice cool. really shocking. Excuse me. Thwomp. <laughs> <laughs> Zoomp. Yeah. I don't, 
I, apparently there are a bunch of different sounds you make when you faint and you're How about this one? <laughs> <laughs> because you oh. lose control of your bowels. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and Jamie definitely didn't shit himself. I promise you. We don't know that. That's not sexy. I'm just saying. It mm-hmm. happens. He didn't shit himself. What if he was so surprised uh, he just couldn't contain see ya. it? That's who's, it. Who's your golden pamplemousse for the week? Mm. Thanks again, Dr. J. I love this segment. DGP, golden pamplemousse for me this week goes to Roger. Yeah, Richard yeah. Rankin, yeah. turtleneck. Mm-hmm. Is this our first? No, we were in, we were unified on the first episode too, weren't yeah. we? Yeah, so, because I'm also saying Richard Rankin. I think mm-hmm. that Katrina Benson, she did great was work, great, but God, he had to go back and forth between the two of them. I, I Joe Abernathy was almost there, but they just didn't give him enough, enough time. Yeah, he, well, and if I wasn't going to choose Richard Rankin, I would choose Katrina. Mm-hmm. But that. The scene they have together is so good, and it's what really got me was his. Ugh, he was he's very good, and, and he's always adorable. he's always ready to get you some whiskey. He is clutch. Just he's there when you mm-hmm. need him. Mm-hmm. He knows. Um, great, that's great. Uh, next week, oh, do we have a Je suis spoilé this week, or do you want to? We are gonna not. Okay, uh, because we are running overly long. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even talked about Junior yet. Shit <laughs> <laughs> <It> was funny. <laughs> um, okay, no, fine. we're gonna move it along. Also, we will. We can talk about some spoiler stuff next week for yes. sure. Next week, if you have questions you want us to answer, uh, you can send this to those to us on Twitter or on Facebook. If you don't use either of those things, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe I'll set up an email address or something. No, join sorry, or die. Just Twitter or Facebook. Send us a Facebook message. Send us a reach out to us on Twitter or um, send a direct message on Twitter, whatever you want to do. Uh, but let us know if you have questions you want us to answer. And then if you have suggestions for other things we can talk about, do that too. I'll take a couple suggestions, throw them in a Twitter poll. Um, and we will talk about spoilers for sure. Uh, we will also talk about our amazing patrons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of you. We got some new patrons this week, which is Yay! really cool. So thanks guys. Uh, you're making it possible for us to do the show because it would be too fucking expensive otherwise. So thank you so much. Uh, partic- to all of our patrons, but particularly Amanda Newton, Beth Lack, happy birthday, Beth. Yeah! Flourish Root, Molly Layton, Dr. J, Lara Magnuson, Friday Payton, Jen Lander, Drunklin, Kathleen Moniz, Katie Kirshner, Catherine Galindo, Kiki the Wise, mm. and Kara Marlowe. Um, Is Kara Marlowe new? Uh, she was new last week. Nice. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. You make the show possible. If you like it, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or Facebook or wherever you want to leave a review. Just leave a review. But also, especially just hit iTunes. us up on Twitter because A, we are very responsive and B, our gift game is super yeah, strong. Twitter, hanging out on Twitter is really fun. Thanks to all of you who reach out because we have a lot of fun reading the things you say. And But also, if you want to re- leave a review like on a bathroom wall or something, just take yeah, a picture. Whatever, man, because yeah. that's if our brand. Wanna, make sure to tell your massage therapist that we sent yes. you. That's amazing. Or go to Empirical Brewery and be like, what's up? I need 20 growlers. You know why? Boom! Podlander drunk cat. Speaking <laughs> of, we are going to be doing another live show. I don't have a date for you yet, but we are he officially going it. back to Empirical. That's good to know. So yeah. we will be going back there that should be really fun. Cool. Um, so find us on Twitter at Podlandercast, at, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podlandercast, on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podlanderdrunkcast. You can follow Julie on Twitter at Julie Starby. B-E-E. Uh, me at Allison Shoe and Janine here at Peggle underscore Aaron, which is his drag name. <laughs> Uh, thank you well done. so much for listening. Um, we are going to finish this feta dip and these fine Pilsner beers. Cheers. Uh, and then next week we'll be back to talk about other things. And after that, oh shit, 
It's boning time. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. bye.